Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Personal Best Podcast with me, Ruby Lola. My guest today is Milo McLeod. He is an entrepreneur and fitness content creator who inspires others to live healthier lives. In this conversation, we discuss Milo's background in fitness, how to bounce back from a breakup, how to build confidence, the difference between short-term pleasure and delayed gratification, the challenges of doing a bodybuilding competition and a marathon on the same day, how to deal with insecurities, and so much more. I really enjoyed this conversation with Milo. I absolutely love the content that he puts out on social media, but it was so nice to just sit down and have a longer conversation with him. I hope you guys take a lot of lessons and advice away from this episode. So I really hope you enjoy it. And let's go on with the episode. Milo, welcome to the Personal Best Podcast. Thank you. How are you doing? Very well. Yeah? Very well. Had my coffee today. Fantastic. <laughs> Perfect. Is this the second podcast you've done? This week, yeah. yeah. I know, because we were both on the Mindsets podcast, so yeah. I would recommend people go check that out. But for anybody who doesn't know you, if they've just clicked on this podcast, what do they need to know about you? Can you give us a little personal intro? Yeah, so... I used to be an ex-semi-professional skier, ski racer, and now focus on fitness content, coaching people, and also kind of encouraging people to improve themselves, both mentally, physically, and uh, yeah, spreading the good word. <laughs> ex-professional ski skier. racer. That's crazy. Yeah. Was, how did that come about? I lived in France when I was 10. Okay. My parents wanted me to learn French. Can you speak French? Uh, I used to be able to speak it very well. <laughs> now it's faded. <laughs> and um, and I basically got good at skiing from age 10. And French people didn't really like me being good at skiing because I was English. So I wasn't allowed in any clubs. Um, so the following year, I started going back to English clubs. And then for the next eight years, trained between six to eight months a year across the globe um ski racing around the world wow so mad. was that your entry into like the world of fitness yeah 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 okay so foundation of fitness was always 
like plyometric based, strength based, power based, all focused on like elite performance. Um, before I thought even thought about getting into fitness, I always like focused so heavily on one sport already. So it was like a good foundation for me to understand like the principles of training. Yeah, well that that makes perfect sense. But talk to me a little bit about um, obviously how you've then made into made the transition into like fitness training in the gym running like I feel like that is largely what your content is based around yeah so how's that really become a part of your life I as many people have done themselves is you break up with a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a partner and you're in a delicate place where you're not happy with yourself physically emotionally mentally and I thought I want to get in the best shape of my life and uh Essentially, it's called the revenge bod. That's the popular <laughs> term. But I was like, I want to get back to where I was before. Because before I was with my girlfriend of three years, I was in good shape. Mm. And I wanted to get back to that level. That was a goal that I'd written down. And I just basically fell into this hole of loving fitness. I was obsessed with fitness content. And this was in lockdown as well. So you couldn't mm. do anything. You couldn't see anyone. All I'd do is run around the park every day. And eat chili con carne every, every meal. That's the only routine you need. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, four or five years later, it kind of slowly progressed into doing more bodybuilding training, then experimenting in different things like triathlons, and then kind of most recently hybrid training. And running. Yeah, because I was going to bring this topic up later in the conversation, but we may as well touch on it now because I saw the reel you made about... Um, showing your transformation and I think it said something like POV you worked on yourself mm. and in that I asked I wanted to ask you like was there a key moment that made you want to change and I feel like you've just mentioned there that it was a breakup I think it's interesting with breakups though because people can go one of two ways um you know if they feel heartbroken or they've gone through like a rough patch mm. they might just lose themselves a little bit yeah. and you know maybe stop going to the gym stop eating well and you know really like dwell in that like sadness whereas other people go the other way and it's like no I'm going to show up for myself now like, I'm going to work on myself now why was that the route that you took do you think I think there's there was definitely a stage where I didn't work on myself right right at the the point where I decided to kind of cool things cool things off. There's definitely a period where I ate a lot of Ben and Jerry's mm. for sure. There's like <laughs> you've got to allow time to actually just let your brain figure out what you're doing. Yeah. And then you can kind of put a plan in place. But it can be so overwhelming to be like three years ago I was in great shape. Why am I not in good shape now? Why yeah. why can I not even th comprehend being not overweight and it takes time for you to be able to actually put a plan together and to be able to actually cohesively make a structured plan and it can be super overwhelming at the start so I think actually being able to allow yourself to not grieve but be in that mm. moment and feel the shitness of it yeah and then move on from true. it and yeah kind of allow it to to kind of fuel it and not kind of just push it down and squash it down and then comes up later but actually yeah definitely because the gym can obviously be such a good or any type of exercise can be such a good outlet mm. but if you're not also 
processing your emotions and working through it mentally, you can just kind of bury them. Yeah, it's always going to be there. Yeah, definitely. And with that reel as well, I think obviously the physical transformation that you've had kind of tells the story. But <clears throat> how has your mindset changed from going some going from somebody who maybe wasn't that happy with how they looked or the situation that they were in to then someone that's, you know, built their physique and is training really hard? Yeah, I think the the difference in mindset when you, you realise that you can do something that you didn't think you were able to do yeah. means that anything you can do in the future becomes so much more feasible. Yeah. And for me, changing my body was something that I'd done before. I knew how to do it, but then I was never a runner. I was never good at swimming. I was never good at triathlon. And doing those separate challenges allows you to get the confidence to try new things. Mm. So me going out and not being able to run 2K and then next week being able to do it allows you to push yourself and also invest in yourself being like, okay, we're making progress. I'm going to give myself permission to be like, I'm going to buy some new running shoes because it's going to help me. And it's those small little changes for me that allowed me to progress from running my first 5K to going and running marathons because you can see the difference both physically in your times but also mentally thinking oh, 10k is not even that long anymore whereas the old me would think oh my god like i can't run 10k that's literally like so far like <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna die yeah but that's the thing like you're putting the work in and then you're also building this bank of evidence of things that you can do yeah and i think particularly in like this fitness space now People are doing such crazy things and you can look at that and think that's so unachievable. But actually, it starts so small. Like you said, like you couldn't run 2K and then you do five and then you do 10 and then you do like an ultra marathon. And I think, not you, but people. Um, <laughs> like, you know, I think just being able to build that up and work on yourself is so important. And I think it's interesting as well when we compare fitness journeys, people think that it's always linear and that mm. you're always progressing. Whereas you've just mentioned there that you went from being very sporty and being in good shape to maybe losing that to again, going back to it. And I think yeah. using your past self as a person to compare to is also really key. Like I did a ski season um, it was 2019 into 2020. So I was away for like six months and I didn't work out once. <laughs> and I feel like as you get good at like, I, I snowboard, but as you get good at those sports, it almost becomes less of a workout because you're kind of just like gliding down yeah. the slope. Second nature. Yeah, and I was in France where I was just, you know, eating so much bread and pan chocolates and cheese. And it was amazing, but I came back after those six months, and I knew that I wasn't in as good shape as I had been, you know, put on a bit of weight. I was so unfit. But how much remember, fun did you have? So much fun. Yeah. So much fun. But I think, <laughs> you know, I could have then just said, oh, well, this is just me now. Yeah. You know, I'm not someone that works out. I'm not someone that eats well. Mm. But I was like, no, because I, I don't want to be that person. I'm going to get back to where I was. And yeah, like I had six months and it was so much fun. But then I was like, okay. We're getting back on track now. Yeah. And it I takes time. it has to happen like that. It does. And mm. it does take time to get mm. back to where... But you often find that when you do try and get back to where you are before, that you progress even further than you were 
Definitely. Far more. Definitely, because I probably was just stuck in like a bit of a routine before yeah. I went away. And then when I came back, I had like this new found motivation, I suppose. I wanted to ask because it's a tricky topic, I think, sometimes talking about changing the way you look and training for aesthetics. Mm. But for you, how has changing your body improved your confidence? Would you say that's a main part of it? Or do you think it's like the mindset change that's come with it? Yeah, I feel like there's a... I was speaking to a couple of people about it this week. And the reason why a lot of men buy flashy cars and expensive things is to make themselves feel confident and validated because mm-hmm. it's surface level stuff and the further back you strip yourself it's jewelry it's watches it's earrings and it's your hair and doing your hair and making yourself feel confident but ultimately the most deepest level is your mind and what you look like naked that's the surface <laughs> that's the most deep level of confidence and if you're confident in the way you think how you feel about yourself and the way you look and how you value yourself then Nothing else matters. You don't need to validate yourself with any kind of watches, expensive cars, because you are content with how you feel and how you look. That, for me, was something I realized. And I think with changing the way you appear, for other people, it can be dangerous because a lot of people suffer with body image issues and body dysmorphia. And definitely something that I've had in the past. But if you can combine the goals of looking good with also having process goals. Mm -hmm. So whether that's seeing how heavy you can lift in the gym or doing something you're uncomfortable doing, if that's a marathon or if it's an ultra marathon and you can use those tangible process goals that you can control. I can't control necessarily my genetics and my insertions at all, but I can control the ability for me to train for an event. I can Mm. see what I can put my body through. So having a balance of the aesthetics, but also the performance and being grateful for what I can actually put my body through is super important to me when I am struggling with, ah, oh, I don't look the way I want to look today, but I can run yeah. a quick 5K and my body allows me to do that. Mm. And it's having almost like a certain different categories that you can say that I'm really grateful for each of them. And sometimes they're not always going to be on par with each other. Yeah, that's so interesting. And I think it's important for people to acknowledge that and I know there's been a bit of a trend recently where people will say like oh you're so lucky you have this body and then it Mm. flips to like the luck and the luck is them just putting the work in and training and yeah some people are you know more genetically blessed than others but at the end of the day like if you can push your body through difficult things and different exercises and all of that then the aesthetics are gonna like your body's going to reward you, 100%. I suppose, by, you know, functioning better, looking better, all of that. Like, I don't know. I think it's difficult because especially with like the body positivity movement, which absolutely has a place. I think we've kind of forgot that actually your body and your health is like the most important thing we have. 100%. And you need to respect it. Yeah, It doesn't just work automatically for you. No, you need to also, like, there's an element of, like, discipline, which I feel like has been lost in body positivity. And Mm. I feel like you should be really proud of what your body can do and be accepting of who you are and how you look. But also, you can still be better. Yeah. For me, like, I'm 
very proud of what my body can do, but I'm not satisfied with the amount of progress. I still think I can do better. Yeah. And I think that's always going to be a thing for me. And I think that people should be really, really proud of what their body yeah. is capable of, but still push for better results Definitely. and show up for themselves. It's something that came up in the last podcast I did is that there's a difference between being happy and being satisfied. Mm. Like you can be happy with how things are going, but you might not be satisfied yet. Yeah. There's two different avenues I kind of want to go down based off what you just said. Um, but just sticking with, you know, how people look physically. I know that you've spoken about some insecurities, if I can call it that. And you've been very open to share with people that you've, you know, dealt with like rib flare and mm -hmm. pectus. Excavation. Excavatum. Excavatum. I put yeah, it's, it's autocorrected to excavation. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Not that. Not that one. Um, and it's interesting because obviously if you're someone that's dealt with that, you wouldn't necessarily think that you would be someone who then like steps on a bodybuilding stage with like their top off and, no. you know, spray tanned and everything. Um, and we'll get onto that later, but how have you learned to kind of accept these parts of you? Do you know what? It was, it was weird. I was speaking to um, Angus on the other podcast about this and it's, it's, I didn't know I had this until I started posting on social media. So the insecurity I never had oh, became an insecurity due to essentially people on YouTube saying you've got rib flare and pectus excavatum and scoliosis, which I, mm. on a, like, I had no idea. I just thought my ribs were sticky outy. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I didn't really, I didn't really term. care. I didn't really know what it meant. Um, until I started taking bodybuilding seriously, I then realized it's like not desirable in the bodybuilding sphere. And also with the kind of, the way that my ribs are kind of leads to strange muscle insertions, which again, aren't ideal for bodybuilding because it makes them asymmetrical. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of thrown in the deep end of, okay, I really like bodybuilding, but I'm limited in terms of my max potential. And it was kind of a choice being like, well, am I going to give up on just training in a bodybuilding style mm -hmm. or are we just going to send it and put my best put forward and give everything to it no matter it's what kind I've been of dealt. like working with what you've got rather yeah. than wishing you were different exactly I suppose. like it's not the my insecurities are not going to kill me they're not going to hurt me mm. all i can do is accept them and then own them and then use them to my advantage yeah and for me using them to my advantage is showing that i have them and hercules who um also been on your podcast yeah. the first time I met him he he'd seen my video and he was, actually came up to me and said um he didn't know that anyone else had it um yeah and a lot of it is more common in men yes so it's making other men and and women feel that they are not alone with it mm, I think that's where sharing these things on social media is so important yeah because people will see you being vulnerable and open about it and then they don't feel embarrassed they don't feel alone they're like oh well if milo's dealing with yeah. this then i can deal with it exactly and it's it's something that's always going to be with me and it's but it is something that you can improve mm -hmm. it's, as as you can embrace it and make it yours and you can also improve it to yeah. the point where no one's going to notice and no one does notice unless i point it out yeah that's true that's the reality of any anyone's insecurities that 
realistically, you're the only person that cares. Yeah. And only yeah. if you point it out to other people, they may go, oh, yeah, kind of, all right, <laughs> exactly. whatever. But no one no one cares apart from you. People are way more focused on their own insecurities than worrying yeah. about yours. Exactly. My friend, this guy I know, had pectus excavatum, which is, it's like a, a dip in your sternum, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> he, he ate cereal out of yeah. it. <laughs> that is embracing it. He was like lay on the floor, like spooning cereal out of his chest. That. And I was just like... You know what? I love that. Embrace it. Embrace it. Embrace exactly. It, dude. Um, and the other thing I wanted to branch off from the last topic we spoke about is this idea of having discipline. Mm. And um, you made a interesting post about the difference between binging on pleasures mm. versus embracing delayed gratification. And I feel like this is so interesting and it's definitely something that I'm trying to work with um i just wondered what you think the difference are between those two and why maybe it's important to focus on the latter yeah i think pleasure for me this is 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 something that is always associated with a quick fix so if you're mm. sad food tv stay inside mm-hmm. whatever it's cuffing season you stay inside, everyone gets cozy and does nothing. <laughs> or if you're happy, you go out and celebrate. You buy four bottles of champagne or whatever. Mm. You get battered. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. For me, delayed gratification is identifying that those would be the kind of ingrained normal responses in our society, especially in London. And then seeing, okay, that's what everyone else is doing. But my goal is to get to X. Is this going to bring me closer to that goal or further away? Mm -hmm. Ultimately, getting drunk and eating a kebab at the end of the night is not going to lead me closer to getting a quicker marathon time. And it's sometimes right. you have to look at your goals and say, am I going to get close to that by doing this? No? Okay, I won't, I won't do it. If it is something, to, to be honest, for me, the way I look at goals as well is I'm going to do this goal if it is more important to me than other things. If I set a goal for, to run a three-hour, 30 marathon, if it's mm -hmm. not important to me, I'm not going to stick to my training regime. You've got to bring everything out for that goal. You've got to go into all the details, extraneous details to make it super accountable for you and tell your friends about it, post it on social media so that yeah. you are accountable. I had no idea if I could run that, but I said it to so many people that I had to make it happen. Mm -hmm. I had to do the training. 
And if I missed a training session, it was going to show. Yeah, exactly. And embracing the delayed gratification of skipping the pub sessions and going out for food and skipping the training sessions when I was sore. Because mm. the pleasure would be, I'm just going to skip and have a lie-in. Mm-hmm. I was getting up at half five and going on sunrise runs from Clapham Common to Hackney. Sounds brutal at the time, and it is brutal. But when you get there, you have a coffee. I didn't have a croissant at the time, but you could have a croissant. <laughs> is amazing. And the, it yeah. can be delayed gratification even on that short period of time. You've delayed it for three hours instead of sleeping. Right, exactly, yeah. And you could extend that over to a year, whatever that is. But it's just identifying that there is something that you mm-hmm. could do um, and embracing that. So you did a marathon recently and... Yeah got a pb am i, I right did. Yeah. so with that obviously when you cross the finish line like that's where you then get the gratification yeah. and that sense of achievement which i feel like is much bigger than yeah going on like a binge drinking session and rewarding yourself with a mcdonald's at the end of the night for sure like is that the way you see it? Yeah, I see, I see it. Like, I would much rather... The feeling of any kind of achievement, of any kind of goal that you set, for me, is way more impactful than the short-term dopamine release mm-hmm. of getting yeah. crap food. But it's it's really hard, right? Because we are... Like, as humans, we're hedonic creatures. Like, we mm. want that quick fix of, like, that hit of pleasure, whether it's yeah. like food, drugs, sex. Like, yeah. you know, just lying on the sofa and watching Netflix like humans are designed to avoid discomfort yeah that's how we're wired and for then for you to like put yourself you know through hard training sessions getting up early like maybe not going out to the pub with your mates like I think a lot of people would really struggle with that do you have any advice to you know, obviously you've got this goal in mind, but just nail your daily habits and nail your daily routine that's going to bring you closer to the goal. For sure. I think the my daily routine that allows that starts like the evening before. Like I'm a creature yeah. of somewhat habit. Um, some of my life is a mess. Some of it is very organized. I feel like everyone is like that. But if you can control what you can control, and that is the way you approach your mornings, if you can win the morning, the rest of the day is set. Yeah. And for me, it starts the night before, getting everything ready the night before, limiting that morning person's decisions. I'm not a morning person. So if I can make life as easy for future me as possible, yeah. then fantastic. And that goes down to, I have electrolytes, greens and um, creatine every morning. I will make that very simple drink the night before because it's so much more effort in the morning. And if I can get that done, I'm hydrated. I've got my essentially my morning routine sussed as mm. soon as I wake up a liter of water with that done first task out the way done a stretch I then went 90 minutes before I have any caffeine Huberman's podcast goes into that it's mm-hmm. really good effects by doing that if I can do those three things my day is completely set up to do whatever I need to do and I'm ready to do that yeah but ultimately doing hard things is really fucking hard and it and it like you have to you have to really visualize the goal and what that feeling is and why it means so much to you if it doesn't mean much to you you're not going to do it it has to come from a place that you are 
really passionate about. If you are not passionate about it, you will not do it. Yeah. I think that's that's the that's that's the be all end all is that if that goal does not mean much to you, you're going to do other things. If it means a lot to you, you will put in the work. Yeah, but there's a couple of things I wanted to mention there, and I think a key part of what you're saying is about making decisions for future you. Yeah, and I think that is also very challenging when you're trying to be present and mm. you know enjoy every single day because sometimes you have to make sacrifices. Um, but I think it is really key, like on the late, cold, dark evenings, I don't want to go to the gym. But I think but when I wake up in the morning, I'll be glad that I did that. Yeah. Like I'm not I'm doing it for future me. Exactly. Present me wants to stay on the sofa and order delivery. But future me is going to go to the gym. Exactly. I've got a good analogy, actually, for the um, future me thing. Yes. The way I, I think about it is if you want to become a better version yourself there's a very simple way of doing that and for me I imagine myself right what am I going to look like in five years that person I want to be at the top of his game what are his morning routines what's his evening routine what does he do in the day what does he eat Mm. how long does he sleep where does he sleep what things does he have what kind of routines are in place how does he delegate his work how does he manage his time all I need to do as this version of me is do the habits that guy's doing mm. and I'll become him. That's the simplest way for you to become the person you want to be is look at that person, that version of you and just implement yeah. those strategies and those habits that he's already doing. I saw a quote recently that said, be patient with the person you're becoming. Mm. And it's interesting because you haven't met that person yet. You haven't been that person yet, but no. you know that you're, you will one day if you make the right decisions. So I think that's a really important takeaway for people. Um, yeah, I just remember what I was going to say before, which is for me, I always have this effort to reward ratio in my head. Mm. For example, <laughs> if I get up early and I walk 15 minutes in the cold to get a coffee yeah the effort is worth the reward 100%. but for me having a freezing cold shower isn't rewarding no. enough because no. you know people sorry Wim Hof people talk about you know feeling amazing and all these endorphins I'm just shivering and I don't want to then like start my day That's so and true. it's different for everybody so I just think whatever you're trying to do if you're working towards a goal if your effort to reward ratio is out of balance, you're not going to put mm. the effort in. And that comes down to like what makes a goal personal to you. Mm-hmm. And exactly. for some people running a marathon, do not run a marathon if you do not find it passionate and you don't want to like actually do it and you're just yeah. doing it for because of the, people the sake of it. it. Yeah. You will not enjoy it. It's going to be really painful. And if you don't have a strong, passionate reason behind it, you're going to suffer and it's going to be horrific. <laughs> So choose a goal that you are really passionate about because you will enjoy the process and you'll enjoy the outcome. Yeah. So moving on to something you did recently, which is wild. Um, Milo did a bodybuilding competition Mm. and a marathon on the same day. Yeah. Why did you decide to do that? And what was that whole journey like for you? The main reason behind it, I've always wanted to compete in bodybuilding. But the main reason really, especially going into kind of a hybrid style of training, is to show people that you can do two incredibly different things at the same time and be successful in it. Mm -hmm. 
and to prevent this limitation of thinking that, oh, I am going to train push-pull legs and I can't run because it's going to lose my gains. That's a very common association yeah. is that cardio kills your gains. Mm-hmm. It's not. As long as you train hard, you manage your nutrition, you can do anything you want to do. Yes, you may not be the top 0.5% in the world, but you can be better than a huge amount of other mm. people. And for me, it was about showing myself that it's possible, but also inspiring other people to get into the world of running or runners to get into the world of lifting and showing that you can actually balance both things whilst working, whilst dealing with other things in your personal life and creating structure around your life that allows you to do whatever you want to do and remove that self-talk of, I wish I could do that, but it's going to misalign with my other training. Yeah. the journey of it was was pretty pretty hard yeah I'm not surprised and to be honest I've probably fallen guilty of that mindset that because I'm following quite a strict training plan in the gym I've been on a few runs here and there but I've thought that it would then be counterproductive to my weight Mm. training and going into the new year that's definitely something I want to try and change and be able to balance both but for the particular challenge that you did it is interesting because yeah you're not prepped optimally prepped for either of them like you haven't carb loaded for a marathon but then you probably haven't been able to push the weights as much as you would if you were purely doing bodybuilding what was the hardest part about balancing both of them not fueling runs yeah was the hardest for sure so normally when you go out on a long run you're gonna have a bagel some biscoff spread banana that's my (laughs) go-to like love that Maybe a squares bar, some gels. If you're running like 32 kilometers in the morning and you're not eating anything, you're essentially using what you've got inside your body, which is your fat reserves, your glycogen stores. Mm. And then when you finish a run, everyone is normally going to have, uh, in, in my case, we'd run to a cafe, we'd have pan of chocolate, yeah, nice coffees. Yourself. Yeah, treat yourself. But for me, I just finished with a black coffee. So that comes in as well in terms of the delayed gratification of like knowing I could, I could, I would love to have a pan of chocolate right now or five, but (laughs) the goal for me is to go on stage and look my best and run a marathon. If I don't do that, then it's going to show. So for sure the running and then also the mental effects of not having enough food Mm. um, if you're running can be really 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 hard mentally yeah um and that's probably definitely the two hardest things obviously to step on a bodybuilding stage you've got to get pretty lean and i i really want to bring some bodybuilders onto this podcast to kind of look into their mindset but what were some of the side effects of getting that lean because i think a lot of people probably look at you and think oh i want to look like that like all year round yeah it's not good like you you i even me right now, I look back at those videos and think, oh, I really want to get that lean again. Mm-hmm. And it's, But I know how painful it is. And the side effect's pretty bad. Like I literally, um, my mental strength was so, so low. I had such bad brain fog. I could barely remember anything. Like I had to note everything really? down. Yeah, so if I had a conversation, like an important conversation with someone, um, I would have to literally be taking notes because I just couldn't remember anything. Um, and then... I remember you saying you were like craving weird foods. Is that yeah. right? So I actually got into mushrooms this year. Mm. I always used to hate mushrooms. Mm. But your body 
essentially craves what it's missing. Yeah. I've realized that. So my body was craving like meat and umami because you're essentially just skinning your body alive. It's horrific. So I was craving umami and mushrooms have that glutamine um, taste that MSG comes Mm. from. So I would basically eat a packet of mushrooms a day. Um, I would cook them, but (laughs) I did eat them raw (laughs) a couple of times. (laughs) The, um, but because they taste like meat and they're so low in calories Mm. that they were a great, great snack for me. And you do crave certain strange foods. Like I'm sure pregnant women crave very, very different things. I heard pickle juice is like a big one. Um, but yeah, your body goes through several changes. One of which is like your libido completely goes out the window yeah well and you haven't got the en- your body hasn't got the energy no, for that no so for about two months before the competition i just yeah couldn't think about anything else but food interesting yeah because i think it is important for people to realize that people who step on stage for a bodybuilding competition do not look like that all year round especially for women like there's so no. many adverse side effects that people yeah. need to be aware of so i think particularly for women yeah you made a good point you know going on this journey that it's to reach a goal to show people that you can do both but maybe it's not something Mm. that you would strive for i think that's the thing is like with bodybuilding it's supposedly the epitome um epitome of fitness but actually it's probably the most unhealthy yeah the point where you step on stage you are almost least yeah healthy yeah people die on bodybuilding stages um people were passing out backstage when I was there, really, someone collapsed on stage. Yeah, that people push themselves to the limit of kind of uh, water dehydration, and also a lot of performance enhancing drugs as well that have adverse side effects, mm-hmm. um, which are super common, um, more common than everyone thinks. Yeah, would you do another one now, or do you think you've kind of ticked that off? I would probably list? do another one. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the problem is, I went into like a enhanced competition so i was one of only two natural people there so everyone just looked like oh i see godzilla compared to yeah me. but it wasn't about that it was more about just pushing myself yeah proving it to yourself as well exactly how did the marathon side of it then compare to the most recent marathon that you've run i'm guessing your training looked a bit different your prep was a bit different yeah it was essentially my marathon prep for that one because it was two months ago it kind of carried on towards this one. Um, but my main goal for that was simply just to keep running. I wasn't bothered on a time. My body was didn't have any stores of glycogen or fat or anything. I think I was like six and a half percent body fat. So there was just nothing nothing there. And it what was, was just it? do you know what your time was? I think four oh five or something. Oh, that's good. But we stopped and kind of managed. Yeah. Managed it. But um yeah, yeah I just I was just constantly eating. Saurine loaf <laughs> gone. <laughs> Bananas gone. Bagels gone. Just just to honestly just to keep going. Um and gels. And also the support of other people when they they'd show up um at yeah. different stages in in the run and running around Manchester at half nine at night. In yeah. industrial estates is yeah. not a desirable place to be. Not the best marathon. So route. yeah, I'm thankful for everyone that showed up and Aww. pushed it yeah. with me because that was a big, big motivation boost. Yeah, and then the most recent one, did you have a proper training plan in place? Yeah, so I essentially coached myself. Okay. And um, I wanted to get sub three thirty. That was my goal because mm-hmm. um, I'd done two marathons by then and both by myself but I wanted to push it for time in the first official race that I did yeah so worked back um from that time 
time stamp and basically created a training plan that would push me to get to that time and yeah we managed to do it so that's so impressive I mean obviously this is the personal best podcast and you've smashed that pb and then you did a 5k pb yeah less than a week later yeah six days after (laughs) which is crazy (laughs) but why is it important for you to reach those personal bests because some people might think well I've done the marathon now I'm not going to try and do another one or beat my time yeah for me it's like my I'm always such a competitive person even when I was growing up yeah I I'm so competitive with myself. I feel it is like that. I think a lot of other people are very competitive when they are put into a frame of a team or they're competing yeah. against their friends or whatever it is. And that's great. But if you are not competitive within yourself, then when no one is around, no one's going to hold you accountable. So being competitive in myself has enabled me to push and drive myself to achieve goals when no one else is competing against me. Mm, yeah. But it does give you that sense of achievement. And I think yeah. you really then carry that with you into, into, like fitness is one part of it, but you carry that through into other aspects Massively. of your life as well. Just before I wanted to wrap this up, I obviously have followed your content online for a while. And I just wanted to ask like why you have chosen to share your journey and share the fitness things that you're doing with people online. I think... It's more so because when I started mine, that there wasn't anyone that I related to. Mm. There was just, it was kind of the, it wasn't OG YouTuber era, but it was in the area of fitness advice and people being absolutely shredded and kind of Jeff Seed and David Laid and people like that. And the, there was no one doing what I was doing in terms of my my journey and I felt kind of alone on it and especially being in lockdown where I lived alone I trained alone there was there's nothing there for me and if I could be that person for someone else if they just see one video and it helps them get outside and go for a walk then like my job's done Mm. like that that for me is the best feeling and getting messages from people that have started running um, because of it and they've never thought they'd be able to or started hiking or even just starting in the gym like that for me is the reason that I've started doing it and also the reason I keep doing it because it's such a such a great motivation for me I love that and it's it's similar with the podcast and despite some negative comments I may have had recently (laughs) you know I don't really see this as a selfish pursuit like I hope that by speaking to people like yourself and other guests who are doing really inspiring things that anybody listening can take a bit of advice or a little bit of motivation from that and carry that through into their own lives. And I think that's where social media is so amazing because your reach can be huge. Mm. And I've had messages recently of people being like, thank you for what you're doing. Like, it, I really love it. And I'm like, wow, that's makes so cool. Like, it yeah. makes me just want to keep doing it. And yeah. same for you, I guess, with creating the content that you do. The last question I want to ask you, which... I feel a bit bad in like putting you on the spot here <laughs> is if you had to give a piece of advice or a quote to help people achieve their personal best, what would it be? Ooh. One quote that comes to mind, which I don't know. I think I made it, but I'm going to claim <laughs> that I made it. I don't know anyone else that says it is that pain is a privilege for me. You cannot achieve your goals without any kind of sacrifice or pain. And identifying what that pain is was super important to me. And you cannot get the pain 
of crossing a finish line in a marathon or competing on on stage without all of the training leading up to it mm. and all of the pain that you've invested into yourself mm. and all of that pain amounts to a result that is worth it and for me a lot of people don't have the ability to to reach that and a lot of people don't have the mindset to put themselves into that position and that's why i think it's a privilege that i'm able to put myself in that position where i can actually push myself yeah to the ends of my mindset and to the point where my legs aren't working i can't lift them up but it's all that's left is the grit to get me through the last 5k mm. and that pain you cannot get you have to run the first 37 kilometers to get to that level of pain yeah. you cannot cheat your way to it and that for me is the most important that's thing that's such a nice way to reframe it and i was thinking about a similar idea this morning that you know even working out it's not a chore it's a privilege like mm. so many people they might not be able bodied they might not have the financial resources they might yeah. not have the time to be able to even go to the gym mm. and to be able to push their bodies and and work out and i thought why do we complain about it so much and i've been so busy recently with balancing multiple things in my life that i have missed a couple gym sessions and i was really beating myself up about it but then i thought well how great is it that i love the gym so much mm. or i love training yeah. so much that i'm almost annoyed i can't do it yeah. not it's not because i'm worried i'm going to gain weight or because i'm going to lose gains it's purely that i love the feeling it gives me and yeah. how great is it that i've made that a part of my life I think that's it isn't it? it's like I get to go to the gym rather than I have to go to the gym. Definitely. Definitely. I try and like tell myself that. Yeah, it's hard some days all for the sure. Time. Yeah, of course it is. But you can apply that to everything. I get to have a morning routine. Mhm. Like I'm lucky enough to be able to do this. Yeah. And it can those small little things can just just help you get out the door and ultimately that's where it all starts is just going for a walk or just driving to the gym. Exactly. Putting on clothes. Exactly. It's, Sometimes those things are the hardest parts of the day putting on running shoes. Yeah. Can sometimes be the hardest thing. It yeah. sucks. But once you've done that, the actual doing of it is easy. Yeah, it's the getting started mm. definitely. And I also I spoke about this with Jenny, but I think a lot of people believe that they have to have everything in place before they embark on say a running journey for example. Like yeah. I have to have the perfect training plan, the best trainers, all the gear. It's like no Start you don't. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> like, you know, just put a pair of shoes on and head out the door and and see what happens. Yeah. So just start start walking. Start moving. Mm -hmm. Everything else will fall into place and stay consistent. If you look back a year from now, you'll be grateful for just starting. I love that. Amazing. One last thing I just wanted to say is it's been so nice to obviously sit down and have this conversation with you today and the first videos I think I saw of yours were the hello sexy <laughs> videos. <laughs> yeah. And then I, it must have only been a few months ago that I like saw your content again and I was like, "Oh, it's that guy." But I do just yeah. think your content is one it's really well made, which I've already said to you, but Thanks. I do think you just give such positive messages to people and I think it's a bit of a breath of fresh air to be honest compared to a Thank lot you. of like other fitness things we see online and um yeah, I think a lot of people will be really inspired by what you post, so. Thank you. Keep going. It's not, we will. Where can people go if they want to find you online or check out anything you're doing? 
Yes, so MCC Fit UK on Instagram, um, MCC Fit on YouTube and TikTok. Mm -hmm. And then if you wanted to get coaching, it's MiloMCCFit.com. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Once again, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this conversation with Milo. If you did, please don't forget to follow the podcast on Spotify and share it on social media. I also just wanted to say a massive thank you to anyone who's followed the personal best page on Instagram. We hit over 10k this week, which is huge, and I just feel really grateful and really proud of myself as well. I'm not sure if there'll be another episode before the new year, so have a very Merry Christmas and thanks again for listening. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.